So Matthew 6, 1 through 4, uh, if you guys would have your message notes out, um, I'll be on the front side of that, and then Braden's will be on the back side. Um, I think you've had enough time by now to get there, and so let's begin. Matthew 6, 1 through 4 states, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And so I just want to immediately address the necessity of giving before we even get into how to give. So be careful to practice your righteousness is at the start of verse one in reference to giving to the poor. Now, some of you may have a lot of money or you're well off financially. And if you are, you know who you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. And that's great. And you have a very unique opportunity to serve and to bless others. On the other hand, there are some of you who I know I relate a little bit more with, uh, I empathize a little more. Um, I'm talking, you know, the people, we uh, kind of got to make sure we're at like the cheapest gas station, you know, when we fill up, getting the, the cheap gas, uh, you know, reusing water bottles, stuff like that. Um, regardless of who you are, or even if you're in the middle, everyone is called to give. Now, I bet, especially if you're in that second class of people, like myself, you have heard about how necessary it is, uh, not just right now, but many times um, to give. And that you've thought to yourself that, well, you know, if I could give, I would give. And I'm here to tell you right now that giving is necessary and it does not depend on your financial status because we can all give something. It doesn't matter if you're making 20000 a year. It doesn't matter if you're making $0 a year or $100,000 a year. It's just about giving. Uh, whether you're donating your money or your effort or your possessions or time, it doesn't matter what you're giving. It matters that you are giving. So point one is going to be that giving is necessary. Now let's go a step further than that and outline how we should go about this giving, because each and every one of us is going to need to know. The first two verses of this passage essentially give us the outline and how not to give and when and at what volume we should be giving at. It's clear from these verses that we should not do two things when giving. One, we shouldn't give in front of people. And two, when we're giving, we should not be announcing it. Verse four flat out states, so that your giving may be in secret. Now, ideally, we would uh, we could give and we would never receive any credit and God would get all the credit and he would always be glorified. Unfortunately, as you may know, we don't live in an ideal world. Now, what this doesn't mean is that you cannot give of your time, money or at all if somebody's bearing witness. A great example of this would be with the youth mission team. Uh, Eleven of us, including Braden and myself, were recently blessed with the opportunity to serve in Colorado Springs, serving the Jenkins family. Now, this was not a cheap trip. And it took some money and support to get this thing off the ground. And shout out to you guys. You guys helped us greatly with that. Many of us on the team, myself included, were blessed with aid from you guys. And we know that you guys care about the work we did and how we were able to serve others. So with that, of course, came the need to inform you guys, and we had to take pictures. Now, some would say that despite the fact that we were giving of our time and our energy, it's wrong to post about and take pictures and show what we did in Colorado. But this is where the idea of intention and your heart comes into play. The mission team may have been in front of people on social media, but it wasn't to glorify ourselves or to flex our muscles in the pictures you guys see on there. It was to glorify God and how he worked through us in Colorado Springs. 
intention is very important when it comes to giving. While it's best to give in secret, imagine how many opportunities we'd miss out on to glorify God and follow out his command if we never give in front of anybody. To be glorified in front of others is a key part of verse 2. This means that you're about to, if you're about to give of time, money, or energy in front of somebody else, it's important to think about where your intentions are. Is God's light shining through you, or are you projecting yourself into the spotlight? Point two is that why we give is important. To make this third point, I actually want to tie into Mark 12, 41 through 44, which states the following. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money to the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came in and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, you could really get multiple points out of these few verses here, but what I'm going to really look at is the concept of sacrifice when we give. Now, sacrifice is important because we sacrifice when we care about something. What we sacrifice for can be a great indicator of what our true intentions are. Jesus does not call his disciples over when a rich man throws in a large amount, but rather when a poor widow gives all that she had. And it's because the widow was giving in sacrifice, despite what it could mean for her. The widow gave out of faith, and her intentions were pure. My third point is that giving can require sacrifice. Whether you recognize it or not, you are giving a lot, all the time, actually. You're giving your time literally constantly to different things. While these points do obviously apply when it comes to giving to the poor and just giving, like, financially, things like that, have you considered how they apply to you every day? Let's be honest. We all know that we can manage our time better or give our time more faithfully, myself included. Everyone here can relate to that. Throughout the week, I just want to encourage you to think about your time and how it applies to these three points. Are you giving your time to righteous acts? Are you giving your time because it brings you glory or because of the glory it can bring God? And lastly, are you giving and sacrifice? Ultimately, if you're never having to make a sacrifice in your giving, you might want to take a look at your giving. You can never sacrifice enough to become good enough or righteous enough. You can never give, never give your way into heaven. It doesn't matter how much you sacrifice, how good your intentions are, or how much you give. Um, the, the only way we can get into heaven is believing in Christ. And it's, we do it to honor the sacrifice that was made so that you and I can have eternal life. I encourage you all today to remember these three simple points. That giving is necessary. Why we give is important. And that often giving should require sacrifice. Now, once again, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to speak to you today. I hope that really you didn't even hear me speaking to you. It was just God speaking through me and that I was able to touch your heart in some way and that you would just take this home with you. Um, now, Braden is actually going to come up right now, give the second part of this message. Uh, thank you again for listening. Braden has a real gift for this. And without further ado. Morning, church. Uh, my name is Braden Marin. Uh, for those of you that may not know me that well, uh, I've been with this church for a few years now. Been on a couple mission trips. This is my, well, I guess if you count earlier, third time speaking at church, but second in terms of total services. But uh, so today I'm going to be reading 
uh, verses 5 through 15 in Matthew chapter 6, talking about prayer. And in this passage, uh, God really gives us a great outline of how we are to pray. And um, I'm going to read it through, and then we're going to break it down and dissect it. So uh, starting in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people, then when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I know that's that's a lot. That's a good amount of verses. So we're going to take it bit by bit and just really examine each verse and go through it. So starting in verse 5, talking about the hypocrites standing, praying in the synagogues and on the street corners for all to see. What is their motivation for doing so? This is just like Ryan mentioned earlier with giving. What is their intentions when they do this? Is it because they love God so much? Mm, Possibly. Or is it rather that they want to be seen by those around them and others so that they can be given their worldly praise and feel good about that rather than having their praise and reward stored in heaven and having that connection with God when they pray. So God shows that he doesn't want us to be praying like this, but rather he wants us to come humbly and come personally to him to have a better connection with him. Not to put on a show for those around us. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with praying publicly, but I'm saying if you're praying out loud publicly where you're just making a big old scene where, Lord, 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 everyone around you looking around kind of loses its meaning. You know what I mean? So I want God really shows us he wants us to come personally, meaningfully and connect with him. One way I like to look at it is how would you feel as if, say, you helped out somebody close to you like a friend of yours and they come over, they come to you the next day and they're just being all loud and public saying, thank you, man, you're so great. And now my position is so great and I'm doing so well and all these things and doing saying things real loud for others to hear. And you'd look at them like, why are you doing this? Like, what what's what's the reason for this? It doesn't it doesn't really make sense as to why we would do that, because in reality, it would be a lot better if they would just come to you privately and thank you personally, because then the connection would be there. The meaning would be there when they when they're doing it all loud and making a big scene about it. There's not much of a connection there. There's not much personal. There's not much personally going on there. So. In that verse, it's really showing us we don't pray for others to hear us. We pray for God to hear us. We pray for God to hear what our requests are. We pray for whoever in our lives or whatever we're praying about. We pray for God to hear it, not not, uh, not others. 
And so in the next verse where it says, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's as if, you know, your friend would have come to you and thanked you personally and spoken to you personally and privately, not out out loud and out in the open. So God wants us to be like the latter, not the former. And also, if you look in that verse where it says, pray to your father who is unseen. That's an interesting aspect because the fact that you pray to God and you believe that he hears your prayer takes faith, takes faith in a God that we can't see physically. It's not how I see Alan right here and he sees me. It's We know God is there. We have faith. We believe. But we can't see him physically and yet we believe. It requires faith. And so if you were to look over in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 29, I believe we'll have it on the screen. Uh, Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. Faith is required to even start the conversation with God. You need faith in order to talk to God. You need to believe and that, that faith is essential Prayer, prayer is an essential part of our lives and our walk with God. So it's it's very important that we come to Him personally and meaningfully. And moving on to verse seven, where it says, "When you pray, do not go on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words." Praying like a rambling man loses its focus after a while, loses its meaning. If you're just praying and saying stuff just to check a box there ain't there ain't much meaning behind that you know if you just do those basic prayers at lunch or at dinner you know i'm sure you've probably heard this once before at lunch just rub dub dub thanks for the grub all right we're good that's there's no meaning behind that as silly as it is there's no there's no meaning behind that or i'm sure we've all said i've all heard this especially if you're older um right before you go to bed you know now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep we've all heard that one probably at least once well some of those prayers have their place i guess we don't do repeat prayers we we have personal conversations with god every day every day is a new day so every day is a new conversation with god every morning I try to remind myself to wake up and thank God for a new day. Sometimes I forget that part to where, you know, anything could happen in the night when you go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like you're not guaranteed another day. So you got to thank God for every day that you have the the breath in your lungs, the, the blood in your veins, the fact that your brain still works, everything. So we got to We got to be thanking God every day. Moving on to verse 8, it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God knows what you need in life. He knows everything about you, and He knows your situation. So when it comes down to it, he, God's got you covered, okay? There's there's nothing that can surprise God, all right? You're not, I know some of us have probably gotten some sort of unexpected bill or something came up where you got to pay some money all of a sudden. You're like, oh, man, like, I don't know where this came from. How am I going to come up with the money? Like, God's not going to look at that, too, and be like, oh, man, God, I didn't see this one coming. You know what I mean? Like, God's not going to do that. God God saw it coming. 
And because God saw it coming, God has the answer to that already set in place for you. There's nothing that can surprise him. And like I said, even before it happened, God already has it set in place. So because he already has it, he already has the answer to our prayer set in place. You got to be believing for it. You got to be praying about it and declaring it in your life, whatever it may be. If you're struggling with health issues, if you're struggling with finances, I know everybody in this room has probably worried about something regarding money at one point in their life or another. And if you're not, you better come up and tell me because I highly doubt that. Yeah, don't be lying to church. Yeah. <laughs> so we all we all understand that part where you know we worry about something but God's got you covered so you got to be praying and you got to be declaring it in your life and believing for it that God is going to deliver you no matter the situation and moving on to verse 9 through 13 is the Lord's prayer we all know and love and I've probably said at least once in our lives I'm sure but if we take a look at it and look at each part of it it really shows some important truths uh, beginning in verse 9 and 10, uh, it's talking about praising God and submitting to him. This is very important because in everything, we need to have the Lord's will be done in our lives, not ours. Every, every, every situation, every part of our lives, we need, to, we need to start our prayers. We need to pray that in whatever situation, Lord, your will be done, no matter what. I don't know what it may look like, but your will be done. That is an important aspect. And just like I mentioned prior, we need to be thanking and praising him for what he has given us and the abilities that he has and will give us for everything that we need. So understand that we need to praise him and submit ourselves to his will in all our prayers and in all aspects of our life. And then moving on to verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. It's such a simple verse, but I feel like it gets looked over from time to time because it's so simple. If you were to look later on in the chapter, verses 25 to 27, um, the Lord is talking about how he provides. He, he provides. It says, in, starting in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? God provides for all the animals in creation. He provides for the ants that live in your yard. He provides for the whales that live in the ocean. He provides for the annoying dog next door. Somehow, some way, I guess. So understand that he provides for all these animals, and we don't even think about it. He provides for everything in creation, the animals, the plants, the everything. And how much more valuable are we created in his image that he will provide for us? People worry so much about their situation, but they won't give it to God for some reason. God can help you in whatever God provides. He's provided for you then, he'll provide for you now, and he will continue to provide for you. Everything that you have, God has provided you. Everything that you've needed, God's provided for you. 
there's a certain name for God in Hebrew regarding this. Uh, the, the name is Jehovah Jireh. Now, originally translates to the Lord will provide. Some people might say he is the great provider. Those go hand in hand, but he really is the great provider. This name was first mentioned in the book of Genesis when Abraham took Isaac to be sacrificed on the altar. And then shortly after, there was the ram that God provided for them. Now, this is where the, this is originally where it said the Lord will provide. Now, church, I want you guys to do a little exercise with me, okay? I want you to repeat after me, the Lord will provide. Oh, come on. I want you to say it with some gusto. Say it like you mean it. The Lord will provide. Thank you. Now, I want you all to repeat that to yourselves day in and day out. Whenever you face something, understand. Tell yourself, the Lord will provide. You may not see it. You may not understand it, but the Lord will provide. Understand that. Moving on to verse 12 and 13, saying, Forgive us our debts just as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Focusing on verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If we're facing something that we continue to struggle with, you know, if you if you face with maybe lust, drunkenness, whatever it may be, any number of things that you, you understand, man, I, I really struggle with this. I know I don't need it in my life, but I just I just can't kick it. I just it's just stuck with me. Give it to God and understand that he will help you. Ask God for help, and he will provide a way. I just said he will provide. That doesn't just mean financially. That doesn't just mean health. That means if you struggle with a certain thing, he will provide a way out of that too. He will give you a brother or sister in Christ to help you. He will give you reminders inside or outside, whatever it may be. Stay in your word, people around you, whatever it may be. He works in mysterious ways. Amen? So he will provide a way for you to help you with it, anything that you may be facing. Say, man, I'm, I'm really struggling with this, man. I just, I just can't kick it. God can help you kick it. He can help rid it from your life. You've got to be declaring and say, Lord, I declare this out of my life. I rebuke whatever that thing is in my life. I rebuke it, and that is not of you. That is of the enemy. And, Lord, I know that you will deliver me from it. I want you guys to be praying that in your prayers if you struggle with something because prayer is powerful and God can work through you, but only if you let him. Then at the end of verse 14 and 15, talking about forgiving others so that God can forgive you. This is interesting in the fact that says, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive yours. If you can't learn to forgive and forget and move on, not hold grudges, that's definitely something for you to work on. There is, the way, I, the way I see it, there is no place for bitterness, resentment, hatred, whatever other synonym you want to use for that. It's all this, there is no place for that in a Christian's heart. No place for that. The only place that I will allow hatred in a Christian's heart is a hate for sin. You can hate sin. But you cannot hate your neighbor or your family member or anything of that nature because we are not called to hate. We are called to love thy neighbor. We are called to love others. So if you, if you have somebody that wronged you or if you, you've been holding a grudge against somebody, I, I really implore you to let it go. Forgive and forget because while they might not forgive you, when you forgive them, it is, it is healing to forgive. It makes you 
feel much better to where you can actually enjoy the peace and joy and happiness that God has called you to live out. Not not be holding that in because when you hold that in, it takes up mental space. It takes up space in your heart. And you can't enjoy life when you deal with that. But if you give it to God and you forgive and you move on, it's much better to live that way. It's much more healing. And ultimately, whatever was broken can be mended. So I implore you, forgive others. If someone's wronged you, forgive them. God forgave us. So one last thing I want to say is just my final point, really. Follow this example of prayer and put your faith into action. The Lord gives us an incredible outline and example of how we should be praying. And so if you're not really sure how I should go about my prayers or if you need an example to look to, this is the example. And on the second part of that statement, put your faith into action. I've been telling you the Lord will provide and he will take care of you. And that means putting your faith into action and trusting in him and going out and doing the doing his will. Because I know that we all like I'm sure most of you in this room pray on average, I would assume we're all here right now. So I'm going to ask you a quick question. How many of you have heard of like a prayer closet or anything of that nature? By show of hands or anything like that. Okay. So we all have places we like to pray. Some might be, you know, your bed right before you go to sleep or maybe in the kitchen or something when you're getting up in the morning. Wherever you like to pray, that's that's you, that's your spot. That's great. So when you're praying, you're praying for whatever you got going on or you're praying for whatever thing in your life or maybe in your others' lives. You're praying. That's great. I want you to pray boldly and I want you to pray steadfastly for whatever it may be. But I also want you to go out, put your faith into action and do whatever needs to be done. If you're if a neighbor needs help, go help them. If someone is in a tough spot, figure out what they need and try to help them. Because I'm going to also add with uh, James chapter two, verse 26 ties into what I'm talking about right now. Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. These are the works that come out of our faith. It shows that we're it is manifesting in the physical world to help others and to ultimately bring the love of Christ everywhere to everybody. So put your faith into action. Trust in him and he will provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh. I know it's an interesting word. Can we all say it together? Jehovah Jireh. It's kind of, yeah, I know. Hebrew is an interesting language. But be, be steadfast in your prayers. Be bold in Christ and understand that he will take care of you and he's going to provide. He loves you and cares for you. And if you got anything, anything from this sermon, understand prayer is powerful. And this is a great example of it. And he will provide no matter. Understand that. Repeat it again. He will provide. Amen. And just put your faith into work. Don't just don't just be sitting on the back lines praying. All the prayer is good. I will not, I'm, don't get me wrong. Prayer is great. Be praying, but also step out into the battlefield and do something about it. Okay, I've said this prior in my in my other sermon that I said. 
Don't be a complacent Christian. Don't don't put don't put it off onto the next guy. Be the guy that goes and does the thing, whatever it may be. Little cross reference there. So um so yeah, I just if you take anything from this what I've said today, I hope you could get at least one of those three things or if not all of it. I just I'm really thankful for this opportunity I've been given. I thank you all for bearing with me. <laughs> so But um so I'm going to I'm going to pray real quick and then I'm going to have Ryan and Alan up here for prayer if you need to come forward. Just if you got something on your heart, if you got something you're dealing with or maybe something's going on in your life, come forward. Don't be like, ah, no one else is going up. I don't know if I should. Just come up, okay? Don't don't be thinking all that. That's the enemy trying to hold you back from a breakthrough. That's the enemy trying to hold you back from a powerful prayer that could take place if only you come forward. So if you if you need prayer, come forward. I'm going to pray real quick, and then you come forward if you need prayer, okay? So bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to speak. Lord, I thank you for all the people that were here to hear it, and I I thank you for everybody in this room, Lord. Lord, I hope that somebody somewhere got something out of this, and I hope that everyone in this room took some takes something home today, Lord. And just I hope that you remind them that you will provide for them. You are the great provider, and that in our prayers, our prayers are powerful, and that when we come to you humbly and really connect with you, God, that we could just have a wonderful relationship with you and just really connect with you, God. So just help them to just understand that you will provide and that if they put their faith into action, Lord, these things will manifest into the physical, Lord. And just we we thank you for being so great, God. We thank you and praise you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So myself and Ryan and Alan and Caesar also will be up here and I just I want to thank you all for being here. God bless. Good God.